dietitian. And I'm Tara, a journalist. We're mums of little ones and we're also sisters. New Mums Nutrition is a podcast that helps you optimize your nutrition and thrive in this season of life. Hey everyone, I'm so pumped about today's episode, Lana. Like, you know me, you know how I, one of my favorite things to talk about is poo. And you know me, in every consult, I talk about poo and I'm not ashamed to talk about poo. And so if you're feeling a little bit awkward, well, we're just going to have to get used to it for today's episode because today is all about constipation. Let's talk about constipation because around 16% of people struggle with constipation, but the people who are most likely to struggle with constipation are women who are either pregnant or who have just given birth. Yeah, especially during pregnancy, the stats are at least around 50% of women suffer with constipation. And so most of us think that we're suffering in silence. Uh, or sorry, most of us don't really talk about this with other people. And so unless you're of, me, <laughs> unless you're sisters and, you know, you talk about everything, but constipation doesn't have to be the secret thing that you sort of sh- you struggle with. You can actually, yeah, we can actually work through it and talk about it. And let's normalize talking about it with people. How do I know if I'm constipated? So there's a few different like criteria that you have to meet to be technically constipated. Um, and so I'll just list a few of them off for you. And so it could be that you strain more than a quarter of the time when you need to pass emotion. You have hard or lumpy stools. And so that that if you anyone's ever seen the Bristol stool chart, or if you haven't, give it a quick Google. Um, the Bristol stool chart, uh, type one or type two, and that could be where you're and that just categorizes what different poos look like, then that helps us to quantify, okay, what are we actually looking at? And so type one is really hard lumps like... Like grapes? Like, yeah, like small grapes um, or the sausage shaped but quite lumpy. If you have either of those two, that would probably tell us that, especially if it's more than a quarter of the time that you're constipated. And sometimes there are other things as well. So if you have to move quite a lot uh, when you're on the toilet to pass emotion, or in particular, if you feel like you've, you've passed emotion, but it doesn't feel quite empty, that could be a sign that you're constipated. And so those are some of the things that we look at uh, when we're sort of trying to assess, are you constipated? And so it doesn't mean that if you don't go every single day that you're constipated. Some people might think that it could be. For some people, they go three times a day and anywhere from once every three days sort of class is normal. So your regular might be different. But if you've got any of those other things that I talked about earlier, that's when I'd be thinking, okay, constipation is um, an issue. Is there something different about regular constipation and pregnancy and afterbirth constipation? I think there are extra complicating factors around pregnancy and postpartum in particular that just increase your chances um, of constipation. Well then, let's consider the first week after birth. Like that, you've given birth and your baby's not even a week old or not even two weeks old. Now, anyone who has given birth will know this is a real, really brutal time to poo. I think everyone is scared of their first post-birth everything is sore and sensitive down there how can we prepare for this poo are there things we should be doing in the last weeks of our pregnancy 
um, whether that we're leading, leading up to a spontaneous birth or a planned C-section? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I'm all about being prepared because I think the way you set yourself up for postpartum is to be prepared as early as possible. And for some people that might be, as you're listening right now, whatever season you're in, what can I be doing now to prepare myself? Even if you are a few weeks postpartum, getting some of the tools and things in place. And so actually you're right. There are things I would say in any time during pregnancy, if you're struggling with constipation, addressing it as soon as possible and really trying to get on top of it is the most important thing. Not only does it have an impact on your pelvic floor, but all the things that that potentially make constipation worse as pregnancy goes on, the size of your baby gets bigger and presses down on that lower part of your intestines and means there's less room and for everything to sort of fit in and then it makes it much easier for you to be constipated. So actually, if you can get on top of your constipation and your bowel habits, earlier during pregnancy that's going to make it easier for that later part of pregnancy so what are your top tips for getting on top of constipation yep so now if we're actually thinking all right i'm at the end of my my third trimester i think really taking to heart the the really simple ways that we think about we think about managing constipation from a nutrition perspective so those three things i want you to remember the three f's so it's fiber fluid and feet. We'll start with fiber. So actually making sure that you're getting an adequate amount of fiber. Although, big warning, if you're already really constipated, don't add a whole bunch of fiber supplements to it necessarily or start eating all the fibrous amounts of food because adding extra fiber and bulk to constipation can, for some people, make it worse. And so for some people can make it better, but what I suggest is, is sort of gradually increasing it especially with fluid because when you're adding fibrous foods so your foods that give us fiber are things like our fruits our vegetables nuts and seeds whole grain foods like oats grainy bread quinoa rice and our legumes and beans they give they all give us um fiber and so if you Um, start having a really big bulk of those foods our gut has to work really hard to digest those things but moving on to fluid during pregnancy and postpartum our fluid requirements are very high pregnant women need at least 10 cups of fluid a day and so if you're constipated especially if you're taking laxatives you'll need much more than than that 10 cups a day because laxatives have a dehydrating effect depending on the type of laxative when you say fluid can that be anything like if i'm having 10 cups of coffee which i'm not because i'm not a coffee drinker but if i was having 10 cups of coffee would that count as fluid during pregnancy we want to be limiting the amount of caffeine that we're having we want to be keeping it to one to two cups of coffee, especially in like the second and third trimester it is okay because that keeps it under the 200 milligrams of caffeine threshold, which is roughly about your one to two cups of coffee a day. Um, and so you could include those towards your hydration, your fluid targets. We want majority of it to be coming from water. You can be flavoring your water with, with um, different infusions or, or naturally flavoring it yourself. If you don't quite, I know a lot of my clients don't really like the taste of water, especially if you're drinking quite a lot of water, you can get like almost fatigued from drinking water and just feel like you're full of water. So 
fluid is really important to be having at least that 10 cups a day. And I would say if anyone's constipated, check how much fluid you're having. Have a real think about how much or how many bottles of water, how many cups you're having. And if you're constipated, I would actually aim for higher, more like at least 12 cups a day and see how you go. The other thing is feet that I mentioned was movement. Movement is really helpful, even if it's um, just uh Whatever movement you can do, anything to uh, promote activity will help your bowels to move along uh, and that can be really helpful. And so if you think, am I getting enough fibre? Am I getting enough fluid, mostly through water? And then movement, that's a really good starting place for thinking about constipation. But if you're in your 36, 38 weeks pregnancy, it depending on the type of medications you have during labor and uh, postpartum in that early stage, that can contribute to constipation. Sometimes just not having a baby sitting and creating all that pressure on, on your lower intestine, that can help to ease constipation postpartum because you don't have that, that pressure there anymore. So that's one factor. But still, I would prioritize addressing it in a very quick manner. So that's when something, when you might need something additional from just the basic three F's. You might need to chat to your GP, get some laxatives. You might need some additional strategies that sometimes I use with my clients one-on-one to help manage constipation in a more timely, let's sort this out quickly. And so going into labor with less constipation will definitely improve the postpartum poop. I think it helps because you have already developed all, well, you're starting to develop the tools and the routines and the, and habits before you're hit with tiredness and sleep deprivation and learning how to look after another little baby that's all, that's all your own responsibility um, and all of that, that mental energy that comes into that. If you've already done the work during pregnancy, that can be really helpful to help manage constipation and uh, especially some women might be moving less in that first month postpartum, especially. Uh, and so because of that, that just adds to the risk of constipation, not to mention, I talked earlier about different medications, potential risk of dehydration postpartum when, uh, breastfeeding mums have significantly higher fluid requirements where breastfeeding requires at least somewhere between 750 mils to a liter, um, of extra just to produce breast milk. So you need that on top of your own requirements. And so it's really important to just have those set up because for most, for a lot of women, they'll do quite a big poo during labor. So they actually might clear a lot of things out, but, and I, I, <laughs> um, and I feel like it's far more common for women to poo during labor because of that pushing, the baby's pushing everything everything out. And so that's why I say it's actually about setting up those habits, but it can also be about preventing um, anything with those extra complicating factors that increase your risk of constipation. But what about in the first 12 months of the postpartum, of like that postpartum period? Are there any issues we should be mindful of when it comes to constipation? Do we need to be thinking about, say, potential prolapse or pelvic floor issues or maybe uh, cesarean scar healing? Do, do we need to take any of that into consideration? A lot of people don't realize that constipation has an impact 
or has a negative impact on your pelvic floor and your pelvic health. And so that's why in our next episode, we're going to get women's health physio Kath to come on and chat to us all about how constipation is related to pelvic floor and proper toileting positions. And so I think what's important to be mindful of, particularly during that first year postpartum, is prioritizing, making time to go to the toilet. Sometimes we get that urgency, that feeling of needing to go, and we're just so busy and it can be very easy for us to just avoid that where we've just got so many other things to do. And so for a lot of us, and this is a big generalization, but it can be easier for us to just skip that sensation, that urge that comes up to go to the bathroom. And that can make constipation worse because the longer that we we skip those urges to go to the bathroom, the more time that our large intestine which is where sort of the bottom end of things, literally the bottom end of things, uh, <laughs> is where our body reabsorbs a lot of water that's gone into helping us digest everything. And so the longer our poos are sitting there, the more water that gets absorbed from our feces to our body and what makes poos harder, drier and lumpier and harder to go to the toilet. But that's probably one of the other things that's important when it comes to constipation is thinking about timing and actually going and if I know we're we're very busy but actually trying to make some time to sit on the toilet and take the time that we need. What's the role of laxatives and fiber supplements in postpartum nutrition? Are there risks to be aware of? Should we be taking them as we see fit? I would always chat to your GP about laxatives in particular because there are lots of different types and they some work um, at stimulating the muscle uh, in your bowels some work to help draw water in to soften your stool and so depending on the different type uh there's lots of different types and so you just want to make sure you chat with your gp about that in terms of fiber supplements there's a few different types that you can take and especially if you you're someone who's more susceptible or who has ibs uh, you might want to take a different fiber supplement or Sometimes fiber supplements for some people can make things worse. So for some people, they can actually really help. But for some people, if we just say, well, add some fiber through a supplement, um, actually, and they find their constipation gets worse, well, then we need a completely different approach. So it's not the, the, the standard, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. There are other things that we can do, but it's just really important to know that actually it might not just be that you take a particular fiber supplement. That's the most generic one that's recommended. There are multiple different ones. Then there could be one of those that's best suited for you. So let's look at our diets then. What kinds of foods should we, should we be focusing on when it comes to getting our bowels moving? When you finish this episode, think about the three F's. And am I ticking those boxes and is there anything I can be doing in that area? But let's add something to that as well. So for example, kiwi fruit, one to two a day. If you have a very sensitive gut, it might be best starting off with one a day for a week and then transitioning to two kiwi fruits a day. But having two kiwi fruits a day can be really helpful for constipation. In particular, there's a particular enzyme called actinidin that helps to relax your gut. The other thing is caffeine can, you know, we all 
talk about, you know, having that hot drink in the morning and doing uh, your morning business, having a little bit of caffeine could be helpful. And I'm not talking much, even just a cup. So that could be something to consider. It's not a crazy idea. Like we spoke about before, for some of my clients in particular, it's about focusing on specific types of fiber. But in general, making sure you're having enough fiber and slowly working that up. And so most women need about 25 grams of fiber per day. And so something like a pear, which is probably the highest fiber fruit, would have about four or five grams of fiber. So this is why in our in our previous episode where we were talking about breastfeeding, or having a high vegetable requirement of seven and a half serves of vegetables a day, part of that is to help to contribute to the fiber that uh, breastfeeding women need closer to 30 grams of fiber per day. So these really, these recommendations go hand in hand to help manage all of these things, um, your nutrient requirements, but also your bowel health too. What do you make about people who suggest dried fruits or prunes as a way to get your gut going? Sometimes we say the pea fruits. So it might be pears, prunes, plums, uh, and peaches if you're in um, summer. Kiwi fruits, it uses the enzyme, but in those fruits in particular have a higher amount of fructose, which is a natural fruit sugar, have a higher amount of fructose than glucose. Some other fruits have equal amounts, but these fruits have a higher amount of fructose, which helps to draw water into the bowel. And more water into the bowel means softer poos, which makes it easier for you to go. Definitely those pea foods, those pea fruits, that's another little hack you can think of. And so on the flip side then, are there foods that we should be avoiding, foods that will clog the system if people are eating a lot of one particular food it tends to displace other foods so if you're having a lot of a particular food it means that actually you're you might be missing out on other foods for example if you were to eat a whole loaf of bread in a day it might make it really hard for you to eat your five or seven and a half serves of vegetables a day because you're quite full from having that food. That's something to be mindful of is you don't need to cut it out completely, but just think about your portion sizing. So to summarize what we've been talking about, there's the three F's we need to remember, which is fiber, fluid, and feet being eat a lot of fibrous foods, drink a lot of fluid and get those feet moving. And then on top of that, you've also given us some great food hacks to keep in mind. Kiwi fruit for the enzyme that help relax our guts and the pea fruits, pea for poo. So pears, prunes, plums, peaches help you go. That is all for today's episode on constipation and this episode of New Mums Nutrition with Lana Hearth, an accredited practicing dietitian. Now we'll be continuing this conversation in our Facebook group, New Mums Nutrition. So if you're not already part of the group, come along and join us. If you want to know where to start with postpartum nutrition, you can download our New Mums Nutrition checklist at lanaherth.com. Now, this podcast is general in nature. It doesn't replace individual medical advice. So please do check with your GP and check with your dietitian for any specific needs that you have. Also, please subscribe, review and share this podcast with a friend so that more women can optimize their nutrition and enjoy the experience of motherhood. Bye for now. Bye for now.